It's Dan. Oh, no, just kidding. It's Daniel Tiger's neighborhood, the land of make believe. Won't you ride along with me? It's Daniel Tiger's neighborhood, so much to do, so much to see. Won't you ride along with me? I've got lots of friends for you to meet. In this land of make believe, a friendly face on every street, just waiting here for you. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Daniel Tiger's neighborhood. Thank you. Thank you. Um, can you believe, and you probably can believe because it came in a little early, um, Brandon and I put that together right before this service. Like, so please give Brandon a hand. Because you are amazing, my friend. I, I literally sent him the song's intro, and I'm like, can you put this together, and, and maybe it can, you know, be flushed out and be okay. And I, I think that worked. I think that worked. But if you didn't guess, we're continuing this series on life and faith in PBS this morning. And today we're talking about Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. And so this is a show you may know if you have kids or grandkids who watched it. But if you didn't, you thought might think, well, the music kind sounds kind of similar to what we did last week. Well, that's because it is a show in the same vein as Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. So it premiered 12 years after Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood went off air. And it was intended to be the Mr. Rogers for a new generation. So it uses a lot of the same characters that Fred Rogers came up with. It takes place in the land of make-believe. And very near and dear to Fred Rogers' heart, and mine too, it focuses on social and emotional learning for both preschoolers and their parents. Ooh, so important. And so we can think that this is all cute and warm and fuzzy and easy because this is a show directed at preschoolers, right? We can think that this is all just about nostalgia for us today, that there's nothing for us to learn here because it's all about preschoolers. But one of the memorable early lessons that this show brings up in an episode is how to deal with anger, Anger, how to control our tempers, how not to say the wrong thing when we are frustrated. And let's be honest, who needs help with this? Brave souls, thank you for putting your hands up, brave souls, right? Anger is a natural emotion. It's natural, we all feel it. But anger is something that can cause us to lash out in ways that we don't want to. Anger can cause harm to our relationships, whether that's with our children, with our spouses, or our partners, even our friends. And again, anger in and of itself is not bad or sinful or wrong, but not managing our anger, not managing that natural emotion, that can be bad. That can be a sin, the point to where anger gets to a point to where it harms ourselves, or harms others. And if we are honest, we have all been in that boat before. And so Paul dealt with this too. This is no stranger to anybody through the course of human history. And it's not a stranger to the early Christian authors as well. So when Paul was writing to the early Christian church at Ephesus, he was teaching them how to deal with anger as well. Let's 
take a peek in on our scripture reading from today, Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 25. I'm using the CEB version this morning. Therefore, after you have gotten rid of lying, each of you must tell the truth to your neighbor because we are parts of each other in the same body. Be angry without sinning. Don't let the sun set on your anger. Don't provide an opportunity for the devil. Thieves should no longer steal. Instead, they should go to work using their hands to do so good that they will have something to share with whoever is in need. Don't let any foul words come out of your mouth. Only say what is helpful when it is needed for building up the community so that it benefits those who hear what you say. Don't make the spirit of God unhappy. You were sealed by him for the day of redemption. Put aside all bitterness, losing your anger, losing your temper, anger, shouting and slander along with every other evil. Be kind, compassionate and forgiving to each other in the same way that God forgave you in Christ. So the book of Ephesians is a book that deals with church unity. So Paul is trying to get the Christian community, well, to get along with each other, despite the very real differences that they had. So in this community, you had Jewish Christians who had a certain culture, a certain faith, certain practice that they came from. You had Gentile Christians that didn't grow up having that same faith, that same practice, culture, or experiences. And so both of these communities felt the influence of the culture that they lived in, that Roman culture, the pagan culture of the town of Ephesus. And that was just the reality of where they lived and worked and served. So, in this section of the letter that Paul is writing in today, Paul is trying to differentiate how Christians should act and how Christians should speak toward other people. So, Paul is saying that they have gotten rid of lying, this idea that there is a difference for those who are followers of Christ and trying to be more like Christ in this journey toward perfection, as John Wesley calls it. But what's so important is, even though Paul acknowledges there is a change, there is a difference, Paul acknowledges that anger exists. Paul even acknowledges that anger is okay. This phrase is very important. Be angry without sinning. Be angry without sinning. These are important, critical words even, It reminds us that anger is this natural emotion. We all have it. But it's how we respond to our anger that matters. This is why Paul says to not let the sun go down on your anger. It's less about giving a specific definitive timeline. This is more of a turn of phrase that was common in that culture. Instead, he's trying to get to the idea that we should not have this long and obsessive and consuming and compulsive anger that should overtake us from sunup to sundown. Because we can understand that type of unchecked and even obsessive anger, that's the kind of anger that will cause harm to ourselves and others, right? 
But we can and we should instead focus on speaking with gentleness and kindness. Even in those situations where we are understandably angry or understandably frustrated. So how we actually should model this in the real world today, even as adults, is modeled so well by our friend Daniel Tiger. So I have a clip for us in worship today. It's beautifully done. So the writers of this show work with developmental psychologists with the idea of teaching both the children and their parents watching on how to deal with emotions, how to be better people through watching this show. So a little background of where we are in the episode up until the point of this clip. So Daniel Tiger, our main character, and his friend, Prince Wednesday, are responding to the disappointment that their beach day was canceled because of stormy weather. They have decided to make the best of it and have decided to set up an inside beach instead. But as happens with preschoolers, things are going a bit sideways. And you'll see what I mean. We can watch this together. Side beach. Hmm. Sand! Come on! Let's use some sand from right outside. There's a dry sand spot underneath the porch. We're setting up our inside beach. Yeah! We're setting up our inside beach. Yeah! Let's set up the inside beach. Let's put the sun here. And the shells will go here, here, and here. Look! I will put two beach chairs facing our pretend deep blue sea. And our sand pails and shovels go right here. We're setting up an inside beach. Yeah! Let's add the sand to our inside beach. We're setting up an inside beach. Yeah! of sand inside the house. Boy, Mom, your cheeks are red, and your face looks funny. Are you mad? I am mad. Sand is for outside. Oh, I must calm down. When you feel so mad that you want to roar, take a deep breath and count to four. One, two, three, Four. Okay. I feel calmer now. Good job, Mom. Thank you, Daniel. Now, why is there sand inside the house? Because we wanted to make an inside beach. Oh, right, okay. But real sand is not for a pretend inside beach. See the house? Real sand makes such a big mess on the floor. But how can we make an inside beach without sand? Makes me so angry. Daniel, remember the song? When you feel so mad that you wanna roar, take a deep breath and count to four. You count too. One, two, three, four. Okay, I'm calmer now. Nice job, Daniel and Prince Wednesday. (laughs) Thank you. 
We want to make an inside beach with sand. Yeah, with sand. An inside beach is a good idea. But what else can we use for sand? I know. Let's think. You know what, Daniel? We made a sun out of paper plates and yellow paint in school. Yeah. So, do you think we could make sand out of something else? Good idea. And please put the pails of sand back outside. Okay. <laughs> and 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 sweep up the sand too, please. Okay. Only scoop up the sand, will ya? Scoop, 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 scoop. So when you feel so mad that you want to roar, take a deep breath and count to four. It's simple advice. It's a cute song. You may not use it exactly that way every single time as an adult, but it's solid advice, isn't it? So I was talking about this episode in the robing room this morning with Charlie, and he was talking about watching it with his son, Paul. And he said, the first time I saw that episode, Brandy and I, which is his wife, looked to each other and said, I think this episode is more for the adults than the kids. And I think he might be right. In fact, I used this in a little bit different way just this week. So I was cooking dinner with Travis, and we're in the middle of just trying to get dinner on the table, as you do during the weeknight. And then my son, he made this big mess. It was unintentional. It was an accident, but he was so upset. And, of course, it was to the point to where I had to stop what I was doing, switch gears from dinner, go over and clean up the mess. And so before I did anything, I stopped and I put our heads together and I said, take some deep breaths with me, buddy. And that's exactly what we did. And so Travis commented, he said, well, why did you do that? Because, you know, especially when you told him, Wyatt, it was okay. He wasn't that upset. And he was right. Wyatt was not the one that was that upset. It, It was me. It was me. I was the one who was getting frustrated from having to switch gears, stressed trying to get dinner on the table, and instead having to switch gears to cleaning up this mess. And so I told him at that point, well, I think this is as much for him as it is for me. And now as I'm reflecting on it, the more I get into the sermon, I think that was more for me than it was for him. Because I recognized in that moment that I was getting stressed and overwhelmed, I named those feelings in my head, and so I took the opportunity to take some deep breaths before switching gears to cleaning up the mess and getting at to the task at hand. That was a lesson from Daniel Tiger that I learned, that I put into action. One that Daniel Tiger is trying to teach both kids and adults, And one that I think is also reflected in this scripture reading of what Paul is trying to teach the Christians at the church of Ephesus to do in their relationships with others, both inside and outside the church. I read a CNN article this week entitled, Three Messages from Daniel Tiger that Teens Still Need to Hear. And it talked about how critical these lessons on understanding our emotions are in the long haul. It's a big lesson that applies to us today. How important it is for us to understand and name our emotions. So the article noted that regardless of all other factors, regardless of family situation at home, coping skills, what the negative emotion is itself... 
Just if a teen is able to understand and name their emotion, those two simple things, they are 30% more likely to respond to a strong negative emotion with a positive and healthy response. Regardless of all the other factors, just by naming it and understanding it, they are 30% more likely to have a positive and a healthy response. That's amazing. That's why this is so important. This is what Paul is getting at. Name that you are angry. And by doing that, you can commit to being angry without sinning. Don't stew on that emotion so much that it turns into this consuming obsession that hurts you and hurts others. Instead, take a deep breath and count to four. Regulate and choose to respond with kindness. Even when we have to have those tough conversations, even when we have to say a hard truth, even when we need to ask for what we need, we can say it with calm and with clarity, not anger and lashing out in intense emotion. So I realize all of this are things that are so much easier said than done in real life. And that's why we say that we're on a journey toward perfection, friends. Some days we will do better at this than we will at others. My example I gave with my son, I wish I could say that's the parent I am every single day of the week. And no, I am not. But yet, the intention, the hope, the journey towards perfection is still there. The commands and advice from Paul and scripture is still there. The hope and the goal to be more like Christ in our words, our speech, our actions, our attitudes, our reactions, all that is still there. We can do this with God's help. Take a deep breath, friends. We've got this. Will you close in prayer with me? So, Lord, we give thanks. For the words of the Apostle Paul and the advice and action of many wise people who encourage us in how to respond in Christ-like ways to our natural human emotions. We admit that some days are better than others, O oh Lord. So help us on that journey to be more like you. To love ourselves and love our neighbors well, both in word and in deed. Amen. So friends, as we go from this place, may you hear the benediction. May you know that if you find yourself being overwhelmed by those emotions, they happen, anger, frustration, stress. May you know that those emotions in and of themselves, they're not bad, they're not wrong, they're not sinful. But you can take a deep breath and count to four. Know that God will be with us all in this journey of learning to be more like Christ in our responses and our actions and our deeds. And that is a way that we can share God's love with this world. So may we go and do. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.